Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. The idea for Harry's came out of a frustrating experience I had buying razor blades. Most brands were overpriced, overdesigned, and out of touch. At Harry's, our approach is simple. Here's our secret. We make sharp, durable blades and sell them at honest prices for as low as $2 each. We care about quality so much that we do some crazy things, like buy a world-class German blade factory. Obsessing over every detail means we're confident in offering a 100% quality guarantee. Millions of guys have already made the switch to Harry's, so thank you if you're one of them. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 5000 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 5000. Enjoy! This week's episode of Beyond Reason is brought to you by Nodakian Studios. If you want a piece of fine pottery or a painting to die for, check out Nodakian Studios at etsy.com forward slash shop forward slash Nodakian Studio. Welcome to Beyond Reason. Show for those who dare to have an open mind. Now here's your host, Justin Cancellari. Hey everybody, welcome to a brand new Beyond Reason, the show for those who dare to have an open mind. I am your host, Justin Cancellari, and tonight I'm going to be bringing on a very special guest. I'm going to be talking to Chris Moon about his book, Ghost Box. Voices from Spirits, ETs, Shadow People, and Other Astral Being. Chris had his first paranormal experience at the age of seven. Daily occurrences from that time on included objects disappearing and reappearing, doors opening and closing on their own fruition, strange shadows and light anomalies, and nightly haunted sonnets on the family's 100-year-old grand piano. He also discovered that he had a definite psychic medium sense and began traveling on his life journey doing remedial paranormal investigations at a mere 13 years of age. A musician by trade, Christopher spent many years playing in and touring with rock and metal bands. Eventually, his interest in the paranormal overtook his passion for music and Christopher chose to become a full-time professional investigator. Wanting the paranormal community and general public to become aware of what he had known for years, that the paranormal existed and could be documented, he partnered with his father, a devout skeptic, in developing a magazine that would represent a truly balanced view of the subject. Consequently, Haunted Times magazine was born in 2004 and is currently considered the largest and best paranormal magazine in the world, as voted by the International Paranormal Acknowledgement Committee. While searching for the magazine staff in 2004, Christopher was contacted by an engineer by trade, Frank Sumption, who claimed to have a device that allowed two-way audio communication with spirits. Skeptical, Christopher met with Mr. Sumption at his workshop for a demonstration. Christopher was astounded to find that the device that Frank Sumption had built was actually designed through the EVP of deceased scientists. It quickly became obvious to Christopher what Frank Sumption had done. He had completed the infamous Thomas Edison telephone to the dead. Frank graciously offered to give Christopher one of the machines to use in the field. 
He accepted and first used the device while investigating the famous Sally House in Atchison, Kansas. The machine worked flawlessly, and Christopher and his team collected real-time EVP evidence directly from the spirits in the house. Chris refers to this device as the spirit telephone. It is also referred to as the telephone to the dead, and most commonly, Frank's box. No matter what the name, the device has become an invaluable tool in Christopher's paranormal research. Chris, welcome to Beyond Reason. How are you doing? I'm doing good. How are you? I am fantastic. So I wanted to get you on to first talk about the book, Ghost Box, Voices from Spirits, ETs, Shadow People, and Other Astral Beings, but also just to talk about your work in general, because I have followed you for a while now. Um, I actually got to meet you years ago when uh, Fate Magazine was owned by Brian Byers, and they had that... Right. Uh, uh, conference, and I, I've always been fascinated with your work even prior to that, but um, oh. I, the one thing that I, I loved is that you decided to write the book, but what made you decide to, to write the book? Well, you know, I think the main reason that I wrote the book, I co-authored it with my mom, um, you know, because she she's been along with me on this crazy journey, but um, Really, what it was was just the idea of you know having to put some of this these insane stories that we've been involved with down, um, and uh, you know it's just one of those if you don't live it, it's hard to believe. And you know, as time was going by, uh, memories fade and and details fade. So we thought you know we better uh, put this down while we can, and uh, you know give everybody a chance to kind of learn a little bit from it and. Uh, um, so far it's been really successful and it's, it's, uh, opened a lot of eyes and, and we did the same thing with our, our show, the ghost box chronicles. We figured we better actually show people what's happening as opposed to telling them right? <laughs> so that so that they could kind of live it along with us. And we didn't, uh, it, it seems so crazy. Well, and a lot of people have a hard time grasping this because even though you're a psychic medium, you've been using this tool that I'm sure has made it a little easier for you not only just to communicate with spirits, but also to prove the existence of them. Yeah. I mean, when it comes down to it, it's, it's a, a situation where, you know, you, you have mediums to give you readings, you get those cold readings and yeah, you know, a lot of times you get some interesting details, but there's always that possibility that it's a cold reading and, and uh, you know, there's some pretty good mentalists that are out there and can do some pretty insane kind of things. So when you actually hear, you know, the voice of a loved one come through the machine, it's pretty hard to fake that, you know, it's hard to, to go in and find a way to create somebody else's voice. So when you're able to, to prove that to them and, and they have that emotional response, it's, it's amazing. Well, the one reading that you did at the, the fate conference, um, I heard a lot of people say, or ask, you know, how does he do it? You know, what, how can it be done? Almost trying to debunk it. Because it, it seemed right. like everybody was was getting that experience of hearing the the loved one's voice in in the tone and, and connotation and everything else and what they remembered of that person. Has that always been the case for anybody that you work with? Yeah, it's uh, it's been a situation where um, you know since the first time I used it, I was blown away, you know, when I used it at the Sally house so many years ago, um, and, uh, realized it actually worked. You know, a lot of people don't, don't remember the fact that when Frank gave me the machine, it sat on the, sh the uh, cell shelf for a year. 
um, because I thought it was a broken radio. Mm. And uh, when I finally <laughs> took it out of the Sally house and all of a sudden started hearing these, these two-way communications going back and forth, I thought, oh, maybe there really is something to this. And, um, you know, even when I started doing the events, uh, the public events, which were just designed to be, you know, paranormal events, education events, and people would be there listening to the device and speaking to all these spirits in these locations. Then all of a sudden, a family member would come through in their own voice. And and it really was just blowing them away, obviously. And and uh, that really wasn't my interest at the time. Um, I was more interested in just trying to help them out and, and, and figure out what had happened in the crime. But, uh, you know, uh, when I started deciding to do the readings uh, as one-on-one communications for people in the healing process, um, yeah, it... it, it they started hearing that voice come through and it became almost every single time they got that specific voice of that person. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's monumental when it happens. There's just no way to explain it. You know, you, you lose somebody on the earth plane and you think that you're never going to hear that voice again. And then all of a sudden, boom, there they are. Right. And, uh, um, you know, it's life changing. It really is. Right. Well, the one thing that I've told a couple of people that are close to me is, um, I am a sensitive and I, I've kind of put my, my, uh, research and, and grow growth to the side just because of being so busy and everything. And I wish I hadn't, but the one, one right. day that I was driving, um, as clear as day, I heard my grandfather's voice. And I mean, obviously I didn't have the equipment that you do, but I, I heard his voice and it, it shocked me so much that I'm like, there's no way that I that was in my mind or it was just coincidence because it, it was something that I mean I wasn't even thinking of him. So when people come right. to you are they usually looking for a specific person? I, are you saying when when like a client comes to me or right, when yeah, spirit right, comes right. to me? when a client comes to me? Yeah, when, when a client comes to me they're usually looking for somebody, you know, in particular um, and then what will usually happen is they'll connect with that person, but then they'll find out that there's also other family members and friends back behind them that will start coming through as well. Um, it's not like you just have that one, that one line into the person. You actually are able to communicate with a lot of loved ones. So um, different sessions that I do, every single one's different, but different sessions that I do, you find out that people go in to speak to one or two people and they end up speaking to uh, quite a few family members. And from has it been from day one that you've been working with your team on the other side through the ghost box? Well, actually, I'll tell you an interesting story, uh, something that we didn't get a chance to talk about at the fake conference because this happened later. But um, I don't know if you remember me using the phrase technician, mm, right? Your technician, yeah. Um, and it was the, the just kind of the thing that came to me about speaking to my guides about being on this mission. And what, what's interesting about it is, is that I thought that that was just something that they talked to me about. And, um, I was actually invited to an ITC group on Facebook and I don't really join up with those things anymore for, you know, a lot of different reasons. Right. But, um, I, I took, uh, I, I, uh, took the invitation because I liked the guy who started it up and I, he had up some really interesting facts about ITC. So what I decided to do is just kind of jump in and, and uh, read some of the material that he put up. And one thing that he uh, had on there that I thought was fascinating was an article uh, from a husband and wife team that were doing experiments in ITC through radio uh, years ago. And uh, they were getting some pretty great results. But at one point, they got a really interesting communication that came through 
from this entity that said, I'm the one who leads you from one end of the bridge to the other. I protect you. I'm the one who helps guide this, this communication. You may call me technician. And my mind just, you know, blew up at that point because I thought, oh my God, it's not just me. This has been around a long time. And I genuinely got some sort of download from spirit that was telling me, you know, that this is, this is what was taking place. It wasn't just my term. And, uh, yeah, I, I have this team that's over there. You can call them. Uh, you know, interdimensional beings, you can call them spirit, whatever the case might be, but uh, they're definitely the ones who run the show. And I mean, mediums yeah. always talk about their spirit guides and, and whatnot, but um, nine times out of 10, you know, you, you never get to audibly hear your guide. So it's awesome that you have a, a piece of equipment that allows you to do that. Oh yeah, absolutely. I, not a day goes by that I'm not absolutely blown away by this, uh, th- this whole thing that I'm involved with. It's like living inside of a TV show or a movie. Right. It's pretty crazy stuff. <laughs> now, do you, do you ever talk to your team when there aren't clients wanting your, your assistance? Yeah. You know, I used to do uh, more sessions on my own, to be honest with you. I don't do as many sessions as I used to. Um, but in the beginning, um, I used to run what I call intelligent sessions. And what I mean by that is um, I would go in and I, I never speak to my loved ones or family members. It's not a desire that I have to do, but I'm always interested in growing the project and in uh, advancing it the best that I can. And I'd have conversations with people who are still involved with it, like Thomas Edison and, and a lot of different other people who are over there. And um, I, I would ask, you know, specific questions about what's next, what do we do? And, and, uh, used to get a lot of information through that. And it's interesting because over the last few years, um, I've kind of had the feeling to stop doing that. It's almost like, okay, you've hit a certain level. Um, now it's time to learn more through experience than through asking questions to us, but it never fails. Whenever we're doing sessions, um, wherever we are, I, I always learn something new every single time. Hmm. Now you, you mentioned Thomas Edison had, have you ever talked to him about, cause there's been speculation about if this investor was even his or not. Have you ever talked to him about that? Many, many times. Yes, absolutely. And it's a project that he started while he was still here on the earth plane. He just wasn't able to complete it. And, uh, that's why he, he eventually in spirit was able to find Frank Sumption and, and Frank being the eccentric guy that he was, um, actually was the one who was able to complete the device and then pass it on to me to take out to the field. So did he ever mention why he didn't leave plans or anything like that for somebody? I mean, obviously through spirit, he finally did, but like why he didn't leave a diagram or anything? From what I understood in the communications I had with him back in, I want to say it was 06, maybe 07. Um, he said that the majority of those things were destroyed by his contemporaries. Okay. So kind of like Nikola Tesla, how, a lot of his stuff was either destroyed or stolen. Exactly. Well, in, in, in the sense that with, with Tesla, there's a lot of debate that goes along with that. Because right. They say, you know, it was free energy and, and there's a lot of people who didn't want that information out there. Um, but with Edison, it was more, you know, the people that, that he saw as peers or they saw him as peers didn't want him to be considered crazy and, and, you know, uh, running into some sort of dementia or something like that in his old age, thinking that he could talk to ghosts. 
and they, they just thought that it was absolutely insane. So that they wanted to destroy any uh, remnants of it altogether. And to follow up with that, actually, it's funny because I, uh, many years ago, ended up at uh, his museum, his old house in uh, Fort Myers, Florida. Mm-hmm. And I, I took a device with me and with a big group of people. And they didn't know what it was. But when we were out there, you know, we, we just made the mention to them and said, hey, you know, what about this, you know, telephone to the dead thing that he was talking? They went insane. They're like, that was not real. There's nothing to it. It's like they were trying to protect his legacy and not have him known as this crazy person who thought he could talk to ghosts. But in fact, you know, he could. He could. He, could, he wanted to communicate with spirit because of his mother. And, uh, you know, he went as far as to, to uh, call uh, spirit energy uh life units he was able to separate it into life units personality and all these different types of things and and through frank's invention he was actually able to uh to put it all together now you've talked talked to like some amazing people you've talked to abraham lincoln uh talked to uh people at the lizzie borden house the sal the sally house um even jfk assassination witnesses and you mentioned even in the title you uh, talk about shadow people, ETs. Now, when did all of that start with the ETs and the shadow people and, and other beings? Uh, very early on, very early on. I, uh, I started having experiences at, at a fairly young age. Um, and it's interesting because now, even after writing the book, I've recounted more um, experience that, I, that I've had with uh, what we consider interdimensional creatures. But, um, you know... I, not a lot of people know, I actually have two marks on my arms. I've got, I've got one mark on one wrist and another mark on another wrist. And I went to a doctor because it almost looked like just a bump, like a, a, I don't know, like some sort of tumor or bite or something like very small. Mm. And uh, no matter what I did, I always felt like there was a center to these things. And, you know, you dig and you pull and you do all, do all sorts of different things trying to figure out exactly what it was. And I could never quite get it. So I, I ended up going to a doctor in Boulder, Colorado, and he took a scalpel and cut open these two things and was actually digging to try to pull it out. And he said that it was like a, a little metal ball uh, or a little metal piece that every time he would go to grab it with a scalpel, it would not come out and it would move. It would actually move away from him. Um, so, you know, a lot of people have told me, you know, you're crazy alien tracking devices and I laugh about it, you know, obviously, but, um, you know, I think there really might be something to it because there are times where I literally will wake up and, you know, these things will start like having this crazy itch to them or, or just this kind of burning sensation. I start scratching at them and you can feel another hard center. It's almost like one's been taken out and another's been replaced. It's, I know it sounds insane, but, uh, I, I definitely do believe that, uh, I'm being contacted by somebody. Right. Well, I mean, there have been numerous uh, abductees and experiencers that claim that they have some type of device put into them or or, uh, a probe or and, you know, it's interesting that you are one of the ones that it's not so crazy the way that you describe it, because a lot of people will say that they have like an L shaped metal piece in there and then. Uh, either it is removed or it's not, or if it's not removed, eventually they're abducted again and and it's no longer there. So it's interesting that right. you still have them inside of you. Yeah, it, they just keep coming back, and and uh, you know I've even had people who who've commented, um, quantum physicists who, who said that do you think that has anything to do with your psychic ability, your mediumship ability? And I 
had to stop for a second think that maybe maybe it does maybe it's some sort of amplifier you know something along those lines so who knows so do you think that um that you have actually been abducted or do you think that these these beings may have just come and, and implanted while you were sleeping or it's boy i wish i could say you know i i have interesting memories but i'm also as crazy as it sounds i'm really a very skeptical person <laughs> <laughs> i always look for that logical explanation first and then i kind of go past that but you know there's just too many crazy experiences to to you know just say well it's, it's nothing um, I think when it comes down to it, it's probably, uh, you know, it, my feeling is that I'm probably being taken somewhere um, to have these things done, but I don't have any clear memory of it. I don't have any real deep memory of it, and I don't feel anything traumatic. I know a lot of people who, who have these abduction things take place that report something very traumatic happening. I don't feel that. Okay. So... Y- as as far back as you can remember, you don't remember like seeing alien beings or or being on a ship or anything like that. No, I mean not really. Um, you know, you get flashes of things, um, but then you know you have to really kind of look at it. And say, is this just you know nightmares? Is this just you know memories or, or memories being created by that you see on TV or through movies or whatever the case might be? So. Until I can come back with something tangible and say, mm, yeah, I remember when this happened and that happened. I, I really don't want to to say that's what it was. Right. Um, the only thing I, I know for a fact is, you know, the experiences I had with, with Stan Romanek um, were life changing. That's for sure. Uh, getting involved in that case were, was just, uh, I don't know if you would call it a stroke of luck or a curse, but I, I got thrown into that one and that was very interesting. Um, and then, uh, my experience with the, with the, what I assume are some sort of tracking device or implant, that's definitely real. And then, you know, the other thing too, is that I've done a lot of paranormal photography long before doing anything with the device. Mm-hmm. And when we would actually, uh, take pictures and, and pick up on vortexes, um, we would see human faces coming through and we'd also see what would be considered to be, you know, gray alien faces that would come through the, the vortex as well. So um, we realized that they all, you know, all spirits, regardless of, of human or non-human or whatever you want to call them, use the same pathways uh, in spirit. Now, that's that's actually kind of interesting because um, I've heard different theories on on the greys. And one of them is that they're not they're not biological beings, but more like biomechanical. And um, I forget his name, but I, there was a guy that. I had heard years ago talk about how uh, his theory was that gray aliens were were trying to not steal our souls, but they were trying to find a way to create souls of their own by like uh, in, like genetically engineering with with humans to to create a a hybrid so that they could find out how they could get a soul of their own. So it's interesting that Grays actually came through that portal or that you could see anyways. Um, and mm-hmm. so using the ghost box and, and different beings coming through what like extraterrestrials that come through from the other side, are they offering uh, different messages like how we could improve ourselves, that sort of thing? Or are they just kind of coming through 
to talk about the other side. What what's that all about? Uh, well, it's it's definitely a, a big wide universe out there, and I think the multiverse and all sorts of different things that are going on out there. So it's hard to say if there's one specific thing that each one is doing. Um, you know, a lot of my technicians who are over there claim to be um, sort of some sort of interdimensional creature. And um, so much so, I, I hate to keep getting diverted here, but I'll tell you about something interesting that okay. happened. Uh, because they're so misunderstood. That, that's kind of the thing that comes out of it. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is going to sound crazy when I say it, because everything I say sounds crazy. So <laughs> um, we, were, we were at the Mason House Inn, which is by far the longest uh, running property I've, I've been going to as far as a, a haunted location out in Bentonsport, Iowa. I've been going out there four times a year since 2004. And uh, this place is is just amazing. It's got a lot of activity, and it's some of the most positive activity you'll ever see. The the, the spirits that are there, um, it's almost like a resort to them. You know, they protect it. They keep out negative energy, um, and they're very intelligent. They like to inter- interact with the living. So um, at one point, um, Tom Edison came through to me and said, I want you to do an experiment. And I thought, this is nuts. Okay, well, what do you want me to do? So he made, uh, he made me put this whole thing together where, um, I had the owners of the Mason house, Chuck and Joy Hansen, go out and they had to find this very specific, uh, copper pot. And for some reason it had to be not any copper pot, but this very specific copper pot. So they literally drove hundreds of miles to find this thing. And each time they would call me, I turn on the box and we would see if it was the right one. And finally, after quite a few days, they found the right one. So we did this experiment for a class where we filled up this copper pot with a certain amount of water. And the idea behind it was, is we had to shine a light, a direct light into the top of the water. So they had to hold it over the top and someone else had to hold a, uh, uh, some sort of camera or iPad over the top that took rapid succession pictures. And what he said was, when I tell you, I want you to take this very uh, heavy wooden spoon. And when I say now hit the side of the pot, and we're going to take this rapid succession of pictures and you'll be shocked at what you see. And uh, I said, well, give it a shot. So we set up the experiment, did the whole thing and started it. And we were all blown away to start seeing that in these pictures, all these, you know, hundreds, if not thousands of frames, there was everything in it from, uh, it looked like light was being used to be drawn with, if that makes sense. Mm. And there was Arabic, writing that was put in there. Uh, there were uh, faces that were coming through that were drawn in light. Um, there were all sorts of different things that were really amazing. But the one frame that always got me, that blew me away, was I said, uh, can you show us a picture of the team, of the spirit team? And so we hit the side of the pot when they said to go. And the one picture that came out of this frame, the sequence of frames, was the clearest gray alien face that you've ever seen at the bottom of the picture, just clear as day. Um, with depth, it was like we had just taken a picture onto the other side and it was incredible. And then over the top of it, just up to the left was a light drawing they had done of what looked like an angel with a little halo and a little stick figure with wings on mm-hmm. the side of it. And I realized really quickly that that was the, the gray alien or this interdimensional creature saying, you know, I'm an angel. Don't be afraid. I'm an angel. 
So it was nothing negative or nothing frightening. It was just kind of like a revelation at that point that we knew, oh, I see. So he's identifying himself as an angel, not, you know, something bad or evil. Okay. So he was just basically saying, I'm good, not I'm necessarily an angel, quote unquote, from like the Bible, that sort of thing. Right. Right. Well, you can take it either way, right? Right. I, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Opens up a lot of questions, doesn't it? Yeah. Uh, you know, that was my perception of it. But but when it came through and I thought, huh, that is really interesting. So we saved that picture and kept it. And interesting, uh, interestingly enough, a couple months ago, we were at the Mason House again, and we ended up doing a uh, another uh, experiment with the light in the water. And we had Thomas Edison's face come through. He actually drew his own face, which was my boy, to say the least. I mean, I mean, all of this is fascinating to me because, I mean, ever since going down the journey of trying to develop my own abilities, um, it seems like I've had a hard time of it just because I can't turn my mind off when I'm when I'm trying to focus or anything. Right. So it it blows my mind, and you know. It, with all of the different equipment that is coming out today, I feel the the Frank's box, ghost box, whatever you you want to call it, is one of those pieces that is so unique that we're never going to be able to uh, recreate it. Yeah, I really don't think we're going to be able to. You know, it, it, that's a good point that you you brought up. So we, we lost Frank a few years ago. Now right. he passed away. And I tell people that was probably one of the most devastating losses that I've ever had, um, more so than even family members. I know that sounds crazy, but um, Frank being the inventor and me being the first person to take the device out into the field for the very first time, we're kind of tied together in paranormal lore for for history, you know, however you want to look at it, for, forever. Mm-hmm. There, there's no way uh, that'll ever be broken. And, and Frank and I didn't have the perfect relationship. You know, one day I was an angel. The next day I was a devil. It just depended on his mood. <laughs> and, uh, we, we worked together, you know, through the, throughout the entire time. And it wasn't until the very end. Um, you know, I used to always tell him you're a physical medium. They speak to you. They are the ones who actually tell you how to design it and how to tune it. Oh no, anybody can do this. You know, that was Frank's motto. Oh, anybody can do this stuff. Um, and it was at the very end, of, uh, right before he passed away, that he told me, you know, I think there might be something to this idea of being a physical medium because I've, I've seen all these other people. I've given them the designs. I've given them these things, and they just can't figure it out. And I said, yeah, I told you, Frank, it's you. You know, you're the guy who's supposed to build these things. And um, when I got the news about the heart attack, it, it broke my heart. I mean, it just it was, it was terrible. And uh, I ended up speaking at his funeral, and I was able to pass along a, a message that he had given me to the box to his wife about how much he missed her and how he loved having coffee with her in the morning and, you know, all this kind of stuff. But, you know, I thought to myself at that moment, I thought, what's going to happen from here on out? Because, uh, you know, we've lost Frank. What, what do we do now? Right. And there's a, there was a long time where those boxes sat there and I was afraid to use them because I thought, well, if this thing breaks, that's it. There's right. nothing to it. And uh, it was interesting because the first person who kind of stepped up beyond Frank was named uh, Andre Woolliard. And I don't think he's even in the field anymore, but he was somebody who followed Frank and really kind of uh, listened to his teachings and had some abilities. And he built me uh, a few different devices that I was able to use in the field. And um, they still work to this very day. And I feel like Frank led me to him 
because that was supposed to be the next step. And then uh, we just started working here recently with uh, Jeremy Jones as well. Um, and Jeremy, uh, it's interesting because his devices are definitely different. Um, the energy's not, it's not the same energy as Frank, if that makes any sense. It's not the same machine. Right. Um, but, but I found when I, when I'm using his device, when I, I mess around with Jeremy's devices, I'm able to tune it in, in a, in a way where it works for me. And I really feel like Frank, I'm channeling Frank at that point. He's, he's helping me out to figure out how to, how do you make this work? And, uh, so I use those devices now as well, but, um, a lot of the ones that are out there today, I just, uh, there's not a lot of validity to them. It's, they, they, for, for lack of a better term, they're broken radios or they're, you know, apps that just spit out scary words. And, and, um, a lot of people really don't understand, or I think even respect the fact that you should be, um, a medium who knows how to ground themselves and, and, and work with the spirit world because other, if you're not doing that, it's really just an old, you know, a vocal Ouija board. Right. And, uh, the things that you're bringing through can be really scary, scary things. Right. Well, and you know, people w- will go back and forth about the, the newer ITC devices and, you know, what, what is really happening? Are we getting, uh, spirit voices? Is it just random? Is it coincidence? And, you know, um, back in the, the day when I first started doing paranormal investigation, I, I did the Radio Shack hack. And, you know, it was, in a sense, a, a good learning tool because, I mean, you did get responses that were relevant to what you were asking. But then again, there were responses that were just random or it was just garbled. And none of them... Yeah, as far as I've heard, are a voice of somebody that has died, and it's their same voice. So, right, I I think that it's it's super fascinating that nobody can duplicate it. And you know, Frank, I'm assuming has come through since his passing, even after his funeral, right? Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and that's the interesting thing is I always tell people, you know, you are there who you were here. Um, and, and I don't know if that resonates with a lot of people, but, you know, cause I think people really want to think that once they pass away, they become, you know, these ascended, uh, right. you know, masters or whatever the case might. And, and really that's not the case from what we see is you take your personality and everything about you with you to the other side, which I think is a beautiful thing. So you take all your good qualities and your bad qualities. Frank is exactly the same there as he was here. And um, when he comes through, and it's not all the time, but when he does come through um, the device, you know, he's not interested in uh, helping people connect with their loved ones on the other side. That's not what he's doing. It, he's very much in a tech role from what I've seen. You know, he's trying to improve the sound. He's trying to improve the quality, the connection. He's trying to make sure that everything's working the way that it's supposed to be. And um, Frank had a colorful vocabulary, if you know what I mean, <laughs> <laughs> to begin with. And he still has that same personality, that same vocabulary. And I love it. And I love him. And, and uh, you know, I think sometimes it disappoints people that, you know, oh, why is he still act like this? Or why is it like that? But I think it's just a beautiful thing to know that your personality, your consciousness really survives just as is. And um, I knew it was Frank. <laughs> 
we uh sorry i'm jumping around a little bit no, but we we had a device we we had a device that that I, I bugged frank about for years years i bugged frank about because spirit was coming through and bugging me about it and they said get frank on the video box get frank on the video box he's got to come up with a, a this box that brings through the faces of these spirits and I bugged him and bugged him and bugged him and nah, nah, I'm not interested in doing anything like that. And then one day he contacted me and he goes, Hey, I just came up with this great idea. I'm going to do this video box. <laughs> okay, Frank, sounds good. So we did a lot of early experimentation and finally came up with something that worked. And he, he was able to, uh, uh, essentially use this little mini TV set. I think that they go, used to go in cars. If you remember those little oh, TV sets, yep. used to go in cars, not the screens, but the old ones. Um, and, uh, he was able to manipulate it. Uh, through, you know, through working with spirit, he was able to manipulate it the same way uh, that he was using the devices. He was tuning the board so that spirit could use it to communicate. And, uh, you know, Brian, and we, we actually went out and tested it and got that amazing uh, face that came through for, for ghost box with Christopher moon, the pilot that we did on that. Mm. And um thought that was really cool. So again, when Frank passed away, a lot of the stuff that, that uh, he bestowed upon me, I didn't really want to use because I thought, my God, if this breaks, who's going to fix it? But uh, I had some good friends of mine in Iowa that said, please bring the video box. We want to use it for a reading and see if maybe we can see anything interesting coming through. So, uh, okay, I'll turn it on and see what happens. So we turned on this device and we were filming it as, as we were doing it. So they basically had the, the zoom of the camera in on this little tiny screen to see what they could get. And lo and behold, there's Frank who pops through. <laughs> and we knew it was Frank, and I'll tell you why we knew it was Frank, because Frank had his signature baseball cap on, his little trucker's cap that he was used to wear, and he was wearing nothing else, because not a lot of people knew Frank was a nudist. Oh. And there was a lot of times when you could go over and visit Frank, and he wasn't quite expecting you, he was just kind of walking around his property, you know, letting the air flow, and... uh <laughs> Uh, you'd walk up on him a couple of times and go, oh, hi, and you'd eventually go put some clothes on. But but uh, we knew that that was Frank right there. He's like, oh, yeah, that's, there's Frank. There he is. And, uh, you know, passing on that story uh, to people, they, they laugh a little bit about it, those who knew Frank, because that was just him. <laughs> um, but, yeah, anyway, long story short, Frank's a great guy, and you know, I love him. Um, we still fight a little bit here and there. We go back and forth, even on the ethereal plane. But... Um, you know, it, it wouldn't be any other way with Frank. It's just how it is. Well, now you've talked about, you know, you're, you're worried that these things will stop working. Has, has Frank talked to you about finding somebody who could do repairs or has stuff just continued to work even through the many years that you've been working with it? Well, you know, that's the thing that I found. Um, I did ask Frank about that and I really didn't get a clear response. And I felt like something was holding him back. Um, it, <laughs> synchronicity is big with me. And I, I don't know why that is. But it seems like the more that I plan, the worse things get. So I've learned in life that I pretty much have to just kind of let it happen. Um, one of the original uh, devices that I used completely stopped working. And there was a person who popped up on Facebook. I didn't know him from, you know, anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, and he popped up. He said, hey, you know, I, I've got an electronics degree or, you know, background in electronics and I can, I can help you if you ever have a problem. And for some reason, you, one of these devices that's invaluable. And I said, you know what, I'm going to send you off one of these things, see if you can fix it. And he said, yeah, let me know. And I send him off what I call the Sarah box. And the reason I call it the Sarah box is because it was the uh, box that he built, that Frank built for my daughter. Okay. Um, because she used to come with me when she was very tiny and she'd hear the voices clearer than we would. 
And so he, one day he presented her with her own ghost box, Frank's box. And uh, it came in this little pink container and she was just blown away by it, but she's still frightened of it. So that's why I have it. So <laughs> anyway, uh, I, I love this thing. You know, I, I'd protect it with my life, but for some reason I thought, yeah, I'm going to send it off to this guy. And everybody looked at me like I was crazy. What are you doing? But I sent it off to this guy and he repaired it, fixed it, I think for $12. He wouldn't take any more than $12 for the whole thing and sent it back to me. And it works great. Works better than it did before. So, um, I, I just think, you know, when they need to be fixed or when it needs repair, I think that the universe kind of sends me the right person and, uh, it works. And in the same sense too, I've, I've tried to force it in the past. I've tried to, you know, find people I've reached out and begged and can anybody help me? And, and when I do that, it seems like I get all the wrong people. So the lesson that I've learned through that is just, you know, just let it happen. It's going to be okay. Yeah. You know, the, the more I go through life, I, I've always been a, a go with the flow type of person, but on certain things, it's always like, what can I do to make it better? What can I do to, to force things through? And it's like, why am I not applying that? Like I, I just became an author a year ago. Uh, I do fictional writing and I keep wanting wondering. Yes, thank you. Um, I, I've always wondered, you know, why am I, is my book not selling, you know, cause I self published, you know, maybe that's it, you know, maybe people don't like it, but it's like, I can't let, I, I have to let it go and I can't <laughs> to just let things be and people will, will right. eventually flock to my stuff. So it's, it's one of those things that being in, in the human existence, you're like, ah, oh, why can't I just let that go? <laughs> right. So it's true. <laughs> you have to, and that's probably the hardest lesson that I've had to learn. So my, my birth sign is Aries. And just like my brother. You know, if you, okay. So, you know, <laughs> we are the Ram. We are, we are hard headed. It's going to happen the way that we want it to happen. Nothing's going to stop us. It's that kind of thing. And boy, has it been like the most humbling experience in the world to find out that you're not in control of everything around you. Um, so I've had to, I've had to kind of take a step back and, and, and realize, you know, if it's not going in this direction, it's happening for a reason, you know, sit back, relax, things are going to be okay. And, um, uh, D, my, my girlfriend, D Garcia, um, same thing, psychic medium, you know, and we're both Aries We're, we're our birth dates are four days apart. And, uh, you know, we, we both had to kind of calm each other down through that and realize, you know, Hey, there's a reason for everything and, and we can't always get our way. So yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely humbling to realize that the universe is in control. Two Aries together. That, that must be a dynamic <laughs> and interesting relationship. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. It, it's one of those times where, you know, when it's perfect, it's perfect. And, and, you know, you, when you sync up and everything's in line, oh, the, nothing can stop you. But um, you know, if you get an idea and they get an idea, fireworks, there's, you know, <laughs> so somebody, somebody's going to lose and nobody's going to like it. Right. But no, it's, it's great. We, yeah, and, and you get the psychic mediums together, you know, God forbid we get two different messages because we'll, we'll fight each other for who was right. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, we've talked about different people coming through and, and different entities coming through the, the ghost box. Have you have you ever had a negative? Or, I mean, I don't want to put a label on it, but negative entity come through, or is it usually your team is, is trying to make sure that that doesn't happen? Yeah, I've you know I've dealt with some really negative stuff uh, through the years, and, and my spirit team is always there to warn me. 
Um, but again, kind of segued from what we were just talking about, the hard headedness, you know, from time to time, I'll, I'll get that ego and go, ah, oh, I can deal with this. It's fine. And uh, I remember one time I was working with a very specific uh, technician that I had and uh, we worked one on one for a very, very long time. And uh, I, I was doing an investigation during a conference at a hotel in uh, Prescott, Arizona, and it was a very old hotel, late 1800s. And I was in the basement, and as I was going through the basement with a large group of people, I kept hearing through the box, I kept hearing children crying and screaming. And I'm a sucker for kids, animals and kids, like, you know, that my heart bleeds. So I'm like, oh, my God, kids. So I was running, trying to find these kids, trying to find these kids. Well, my technician kept telling me through the device that you're being tricked. You're being fooled. Those aren't children. You're, those aren't children. And I said, no, 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 I have to help them. They're, tra- they're trapped here. They're trapped here. And I was almost becoming emotional about it. And... um Eventually, uh, you know, things got bad and my technician shut down the device. They shut it down from their side, uh, drain the batteries. So, um, after all, I was mad. I was upset and acting like a, a little kid pouting. And, uh, we all went back upstairs and I finally get to plug the device in and I turned the device back on almost wanting to pick a fight with my technician. <laughs> Why would you do that? You know, that kind right. of thing. And so I turned the device on and I, I said, you know, hey, what, what, what's the big idea trying to turn this thing? I'm, I'm trying to help these kids. And you're trying to fight with me. And he says, uh, he says, do you really want to hear who you were dealing with? And I said, yeah, I want to hear who I was dealing with. And about that time, this blood curdling roar comes through the speakers of the machine. It was the most sickening, disgusting sound I'd ever heard in my life. And everybody who was around me at that point, everybody shook, like literally shook. And started walking away and shaking their hands and, you know, acting like, ugh, made their stomach sick. And I felt like a total idiot at that moment. And he told me, he said, Chris, you don't understand. You see things from where you are in your perspective. You pick up on feelings and you hear things. I'm on top of the mountain. I see all. I see everything that's really happening. You will trust in what we tell you. You will believe in what we tell you. And I said, yeah, yeah, from now on I will. And I understood at that point that it was really that the guys, the technicians and angels, it was their job to keep us out of trouble and make sure we were dealing with who we were supposed to be dealing with. And just because I thought I was experiencing something or was sure that I was experiencing something didn't mean anything at all. You know, when we're here on this plane, uh, you, you really just need to listen. Right. Like I said, I mean, that human mind gets gets in the way and <laughs> it's hard, hard to knock it out. Um, now, did they put... A, a label on this thing like demon or gin or anything like that? Or did, did they just say you have to listen to us? But at that time they didn't say anything. They didn't give a name to it. Um, my assumption was probably demonic. Um, but again, that's my interpretation right. of what it was. Right. Um, you know, doing this as much as, as you do uh, going out into the field so much, you deal with a lot of, of different entities and it's easy to place that big demon tag on everything that, that, uh, you know, is dark and you don't agree with it, but right. That's why you know, I asked because people. a lot of people want to use yeah. that. Yeah, exactly. I mean, you've, you you get shadow people, uh, you've got, uh, you know, gin, you've got, um, you know, different interdimensional creatures that we have not the first clue about. You've got elementals, you've got all these different things that are out there. So, um, yeah, it's easy to throw the demonic tag on things, but, but for the most part, you really have to uh, step back and try to look at, at all the different factors that play into it. And you might have an idea of what it, it what it is, but it's never guaranteed. 
so has it become easier for you to communicate with uh, the other side without using the the equipment, you know, going through the years? That's a good question. Um, you know, I've always had, or, or at least since I was about seven, I, I know, I've always had the ability to hear and kind of see and understand spirit. Um, but I guess I would say from using the device, it's probably helped me tune in a little bit more, um, especially when like some of the more difficult readings that I do or some of the more difficult uh, investigations that I do where I really have to kind of ascend a little bit up to that, that next level, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and tune in completely. I think it probably has fine tuned me a little bit more. Um, because now I can pretty much like when we do the box talk with Mooney and D the, the reading show, um, and we're just doing rapid fire readings for people. Um, now I can, it's almost like I just flip on a switch and I can just, basically my mouth opens and the information comes out. Um, so yeah, I, I would say so that that's really a great question. I don't think anybody's ever asked me that before. Yeah. So looking back using the, the box for as long as you have is, I mean, you, you've talked to so many different people. Is there anything or, or anybody that sticks out in your mind that, that you, you would have never thought about talking to or anything like that? God, there's been so many. Um, yeah, I mean, literally, I, a lot of the communications I have, you know, I mean, have been cool. They've been great. I mean, talking to John Lennon, come on, who, who wouldn't want to talk right. to John Lennon? That, that's amazing. Um, you know, and, and some of the, the spirits that I've kind of run into, but, you know, uh, I'm trying to give a couple of examples here. Um, oh, here's one. I, I was just at the Mason house. Okay. And I, not this last trip, but the one before, mm-hmm. and we were, just having a conversation about, you know, Hey, who's here and this and that and the other thing. And of all people in the world of all spirits in the universe, I guess you could say Charles Schultz came through the, the cartoonist for uh, peanuts, oh. Charles Schultz. And just out of absolutely nowhere and just wanted to talk to everybody there and kind of, kind of give them a, a clue about where he was and he was okay and what he was doing. And I thought to myself, how bizarre is it? that Charles Schultz just decided to pop through the box. You know, um, I, I had another instance that happened where um, I was at a college, I was lecturing at a college and we did a paranormal investigation afterwards for, you know, a group of students. And we were out in, and the students were asking for, I think family members at that time, which isn't uncommon through the box. And all of a sudden through the device, Joan Rivers, you remember Joan Rivers, the comedian, right? And she, 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 yeah, she had just passed away a couple of months beforehand. Okay. Joan Rivers came through the device and no joke, no joke. You can ask anybody who's there gave basically like a stand up comedy routine (laughs) through the device. And I mean, everybody in the room was literally laughing and crying and they thought it was the greatest thing that they'd ever experienced. And when you're there, all of a sudden it's like, wow, this is cool, but you know, you're kind of doing your job. It, it took me a few days afterwards to go back and go, oh my God, we, we literally just had Joan Rivers come through and give a stand-up comedy routine at, on a college campus in one of the old haunted theaters that they'd had. <laughs> she just wanted to come through and do, do her thing so that everybody could hear her on the earth plane. And, and you know, one more time or whatever the case might be. I had, uh, after uh, uh, Michael Jackson passed away, I was doing a session in Boulder, Colorado. 
and uh, somebody just made a joke about it. So this is Michael Jackson there, and right at that moment, it was that classic he, you know, that he always did. <laughs> and uh, I, I mean, it was hilarious. I was like, oh my god, there he is. But um, I, I, I never know what to expect, and I really try to pull back any expectations I have going in. And um, whenever I, I tell people we're doing a session, I always say, here's the deal. And I know this sounds crazy, but treat this like the ultimate long distance phone call, right? Imagine the device is a speakerphone. I'm your operator on this side and your relative has an operator over there that you can't see. And we're going to have a bad connection, but we're going to try to bring through the, the, the voice the best way that we possibly can. And the people who listen to me and really go into it like that and treat it like a phone call, have the best experiences. Oh my God, the, the most amazing experiences, you know, because we'll say we're trying to reach so-and-so and then all of a sudden they'll go, hi, you know, the person on this, I'll go, hi. And then all of a sudden for, for the, them to hear their father, brother, mother, grandmothers go, hi. I mean, it's life changing. And right when they hear that voice come through, they can have a full conversation back and forth. There's no worry about, you know, is this fake or is this, you know, they, they lose all that right away and they're able to have this pure one-on-one -on -one communication that they can record and they can actually take that recording back and play it for other family members, which I think is amazing as well. But the people who run into problems that I've seen are the really hardcore cynics, the really hardcore skeptics, mm -hmm. because they'll come in with this laundry list of questions. And they'll want to go down every single question and get an answer to everything. Specific, you know, what, what color was my carpet in 1971? And, you know, crazy things right. that they go through. Spirit, Spirit has no desire to answer any of those questions, right? They have a message for you. They want to talk to you. They want to come through. So I'll get these people that will come in. It's not very often, but every once in a while, I'll have them come in for, you know, 18 of the 20-minute session. They'll be rattling off these questions. And then the second they're like, oh, this is ridiculous. Yeah. Hi, dad. And then all of a sudden they'll hear their dad's voice come through. They're like, oh my God, that was my dad. That's why we're here. You, right. you didn't, you didn't do the session just to, you know, question me, did you? You were supposed to speak to your loved one. And then the session's over and they've lost out completely on the session. It's, it's a sad experience. So I always tell people, just come in with an open mind. You can record the entire thing. You're going to have an experience. It's going to be amazing. And, and you'll walk away happy. So. Now, have you ever had anybody that that was was expecting nothing and came out with something so profound that it, it changed them or, or changed their perception? Oh God, all the time, all the time. Um, well, here's an example it, at the conference you were talking about in Utah that we had. Mm -hmm. First off, let me tell you, let me tell you the ironic thing about that. I don't know if I had a chance to tell you that night, and if I was even able to mention it. So, my grandmother, who since passed, she was alive at that time. She was a big band singer in the 1940s. Okay. And she, she always used to tell me all these, you know, amazing stories about how she was on the radio. She played with, uh, um, you know, these orchestras, uh, you know, and all these different people and things. And, you know, it's, as a grandmother, you're like, oh, cool, grandma, that's great, you know. Um, but you don't really get the, the gist of how big that really is. So um, she, she had Alzheimer's and, and uh, she would recount stories to me all the time. And it was in her Alzheimer's that I started to really realize the gravity of how, how amazing her life was doing what she did. And um, at that conference, you know, it's in Ogden, Utah. I'm sure you remember. Mm. Um, Ogden, Utah, um, not the biggest place on the face of the right. earth. <laughs> it, at a very specific hotel that was there. And um, all of a sudden, it, it dawned on me while I was there and I went, wait a minute, wait a minute, this sounds familiar. And I called my mom and I said, mom, this is the hotel I'm at. And I, I feel 
my grandma here. She's still alive, but it's, I feel her energy here. And my mom was like, oh my God, that's one of the places your grandma used to do a live radio performance from was the ballroom at that hotel wow. on a consistent basis. And I was like, boom, wow, what synchronicity that I'm here doing this. So right. I felt this real energy and this real synchronicity around it. So getting to your point um, about things coming through, uh, Beth Brown mm. uh, was there. Uh, it, she was one of the people who was involved in the, the group in the reading. reading. Right, right. Uh, and she later told me you know, the whole story. But I remember she, she'd lost her father at a very young age. And um, she came in very skeptical you know she we weren't very friendly there for a while <laughs> she kind of looked at me like yeah i think you're you're a fraud i could tell there's something wrong right so um that night when she came she, she she told me later that she didn't expect anything out of it but she went in and she goes uh yeah dad um you know gave his name yeah dad what did you used to call me when i was a kid and he gave her in his own voice that name that that pet name and i mean she was changed it, it, it affected her deeply, deeply when, when she heard his voice and that specific uh, nickname came through that night. And she told me immediately afterwards, we, we had that after party. Mm -hmm. And so she pulled me aside and she goes, I'll tell you something. I thought that this was fake. I thought you were a fraud. I thought all kinds of terrible things about you. But I heard his voice tell me my nickname and it changed her. It, it, her eyes looked different. Her whole energy around her looked different. And I worked for with Beth for for uh, quite some time after that, um, just from that interesting little thing happening. So, you know, it, if you're open enough to let that experience happen, things can change for you. But you get a lot of people in this world that that you know want to attack you and want to just make it so it's not. I and I I think I, I and this is a theory that I have. I think that there's a lot of people out there who are very sad and 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 their reality is not what they want it to be. Mm -hmm. So I think that they want to ruin it for everybody else. I think that they, they want everybody to be as sad as they are and feel as bad as they do. And they really kind of go around just popping everybody's balloons. And, um, those are the people that are a little bit harder to convince. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you hear about psychic vampires and that sort of thing. It kind of falls in that category. Um, but yeah, I, I remember talking to Beth after that, experiences i i wasn't in on the reading but um the just the the tears coming down her face and, and the realization that hey you know i i now know that chris is the real deal <laughs> it, it, right. it was an amazing experience just to see people's reactions so i think that you've been doing great work and you're going to keep doing great work um but we are at the end of the show, so I want to give you a chance to tell everybody where they can find you, find the book, any uh, events going on or, or coming up. The mic is all yours. Oh, I appreciate it. Um, yeah, you know, anything that has to do with me, um, I'm all over social media. I'm pretty easy to find. Um, you can always go to christmanpsychic.com. It's got a lot of the information. You can find out all the links for the book with Amazon and, and all the different places that sell it. But um you know, um, the main thing that we're focused on right now is uh, we still do Box Talk with Mooney and D with myself and, and my girlfriend, D Garcia, um, every Wednesday night. And uh, we do the Ghost Box Chronicles. Uh, we were on another network, but we've actually started our own network, which is called the Spirit Realm Network. And the website for that is thespiritrealm.net. And uh, we have some really amazing shows that are coming out. It was just... Uh, 
um, Ghost Box Chronicles and our haunted destinations with uh, Hauntology Productions and Jim Martin. But uh, very quickly, we started gaining all these amazing shows that have, have come through. Uh, the Celtic Medium, Spirited Chat, Agent Paranormal, uh, I'm just naming a few. And then we have one that's very cool um, with Crystal Lee, um, who is a deaf paranormal investigator. And uh, it's called Silence Paranormal, which is going to premiere in 2019, where she uh, goes out and investigates and communicates with spirits through telepathy. And so it's uh, it's amazing stuff. So uh, things are moving, things are advancing, and you can find out about all that stuff at thespiritrealm.net. Awesome. All right, Chris, thank you for being on Beyond Reason. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. Hopefully we can do it again soon. All right, folks, that was Chris Moon, author of Ghost Box, Voices from Spirits, ETs, Shadow People, and Other Astral Beings. Awesome guy. I've known Chris for years now, and and talking to him off area, you know, I've kind of gotten disconnected from him. So I, I do look forward to working with him more in the future. But check out the book, check out his websites, his network, and, and get in contact with him. He's a a well-known person in the paranormal community. He's done a lot of work. And I think that you guys will be fascinated by the different things that he does. So that's all I've got for you guys this week. Uh, Make sure you tune in next week. Check out beyondreason.net. All the places that you can find me are on there. And if they're not, uh, just Google Beyond Reason and you will find the different areas that you can find my show. So until next week, keep those minds open. This is Justin Cantillary. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's cutting into your exercise time. It's stabbing you in the back nine. And it's attacking your peace of mind. It's pain, and it's getting in between you and the life you want to live. CBD Medic targets your pain at its source. It's fast-acting relief with active OTC ingredients, plus the added benefits of THC-free hemp oil. Get back to your life with CBD Medic. Available online and at CVS. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.